Keisha's fingers danced across the ivory keys with swift, surgical precision. She threw back her head and shut her almond eyes, giving herself to the music. Copland's Waltz was her song tonight, a personal favorite she replayed for the twelfth time since Carnegie Hall. The young pianist allowed emotion to guide the melody. With each session, the song became more unique, more distinctively her own. From the chairs of the small opera house, the patrons ogled the eleven-year-old soloist. Her melody stole their hearts. Her mastery captivated their mind. In the front row, Avery and Tricia Rines held each other's hand. They watched their daughter, still amazed at her talent after dozens of shows across the world's greatest venues. Mr. Rines gave his wife's hand a squeeze. She turned to him with glassy eyes and a sly, relief-inspired smile. He repaid it in kind, knowing tonight would be good. The show came to a close, and the crowd stood from their seats. Dressed in their finest, ladies and gentlemen clapped their hands and whistled. Keisha slid off the piano bench, pressed down her silky purple dress, and bowed. Her slinky, chocolate-brown curls bounced at the movement. Two tiny harebells jingled and glistened in the spotlight. Keisha smiled wide and white, just as her father had taught her. Makeup painted her brown cheeks. It had been applied perfectly to keep her both elegant and innocent. Now that the concert had concluded, she wanted it off her face. Keisha slipped into the backstage doorway, waving a final time at the applauding audience. Most of them were older white men and their wives. They loved her more than a fresh slice of cake. When she was safe from their gazes, Keisha let her falsified smile fade. She took a deep breath, absorbing the stench of body odor in the actor's corridor. It perplexed her how bad most of the grandiose venues smelled behind the stage. As she stretched her scrawny arms far above her head, Mom and Dad waltzed into the barren backstage area. Avery Rines leaned in and picked up his daughter below the armpits. There's my little starlet. Dad! Keisha giggled as her father spun her in the air. Avery kissed her forehead and put her back on the floor. He placed his hands on his hips and sighed in accomplishment. I thought it was a great show. Trisha knelt down in front of Keisha and fixed the sleeves of the expensive purple dress. Me too. You were fantastic, Keisha. The eleven-year-old shrugged off the compliment. You always say that. Well, Avery started. She was a bit off in the second measure. Avery, Trisha gawked at him. She's tired. Nothing wrong with a little constructive criticism, Avery defended himself. I already made note of it. We'll work out the kinks tomorrow. But we practice every day, Keisha replied. Yes, darling, her father said. We don't want you to go dull. Keisha frowned. The tour is over. That doesn't mean you stop playing, Avery stated. Now, let's go socialize. I want to be out of here by eleven. A few dozen patrons gathered outside the old opera house. Main Street was lively this Saturday night. Pedestrians rubbernecked at the semi-exclusive event. In Van Buren, Arkansas, there wasn't much diversity among the people or new attractions. 
when the African-American 11-year-old soloist and her parents walked out onto the sidewalk, a few brows were raised. The patrons greeted the Rhines with more praise. Keisha stood sentry beside her parents as they boasted about her accomplishments, laughed at unfunny jokes, and nodded agreeably whenever someone brought up their skin color. There was always one at every venue— and Keisha noticed that the comment created discomfort in most of the other Caucasians. I was unsure if we'd see you again. A man with a spade-shaped white beard, blue eyes, and form tucks said. Leave Van Buren behind? That's crazy talk, Avery joked. It's a big world. I'm sure there are more enticing places, the bearded man replied. There's no place like home, Sheriff.